You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What an impressive performance for the Ohio State Buckeyes tonight. 49 to 10. They took care of Rutgers. Four weeks in a row, the Buckeyes have put together blowout wins. Today, a school record-tying performance for Mayan Williams with five touchdown runs. We've got a lot to break down. We'll be back with our instant analysis post-game show, the Buckeyes, with another big win. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown as we come to you from Ohio Stadium after the Buckeyes just took care of Rutgers by a final score of 49-10. to 10. I'm Brendan Gulick. This is Andrew Lind. Thanks for following along on our coverage with Buckeyes now on uh, Fan Nation through the Sports Illustrated Media Group. We just watched Ohio State put together yet another clinical performance. There were moments in the first half where it maybe didn't look quite as overwhelming as it did last week against Wisconsin, but we certainly saw the Buckeyes put it together with a couple of big home run caliber plays like Mayan Williams ripping off a 70-yard touchdown run uh, and another clean, good victory. There were a little fireworks toward the end. We'll get to that too. Um, But I think overall the impressions here are that the Buckeyes get through these first five games largely looking the way you want to. They look like one of the teams that can compete for a national title. Yeah, and I mean, today I thought it was just more about kind of efficiency and, you know, rather than maybe the big play that we're accustomed to just because, you know, there was those longer drives that ended with Mayan Williams, you know, powering it in into the end zone. And I think that, you know, we're just so used to these 30, 40-yard touchdown passes that it looked and felt a little bit different. But at the end of the day, the result was was still the same. So, you know, there's really no complaints there. Yeah, C.J. Stroud was fine, but maybe he wasn't his, you know, overwhelming, unbelievable self. I think it's also fair to say that, you know, while we know he's capable of a five-touchdown effort anytime he takes the field, the beauty of this team is that it's not just about one guy carrying them and, and them trying to force their way through things. Um, I thought Ryan Day now twice this season has leaned heavily on the run. He did it against Notre Dame when he iced the game. He did it a lot tonight, despite the fact that his starting running back, Travion Henderson, was a late scratch for the Buckeyes. And all it did was give Mayan Williams the platform to have a, a career day. Yeah, and I think that, you know, going there, there was that drive in, in particular where, you know, they had several plays inside the five-yard line. And they were really just saying, you know what, we're going to figure out how we're going to get this in the end zone. It doesn't matter how we do it, but we're going to do it. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, you could see that there was maybe a receiver open here or there, and, you know, CJ maybe didn't see him. I know G. Scott was wide open for for what, what should have been a touchdown, I think maybe earlier in that drive. But, yeah, it's just saying, you know, we, we know we're tough. We know we can get this ball in the end zone, and we're going to do it the way that we want to do it, not the way that they're just going to give it to us. I think a lot of folks are probably off the top of their head starting to say, okay, look, this kind of went the way we thought it was going to go. It was Rutgers. By the way, give them credit. Uh, they capitalized on an Ohio State mistake 
and Rutgers led the Buckeyes for the first time in series history uh, with that early touchdown that the Buckeyes completely gift-wrapped for them. Um, but they took advantage, and if you're going to beat Ohio State, you have to take advantage of the rare occasional mistake, I guess maybe occasional at, at best, but rare more, uh, more an appropriate term. Um, give them credit for that. They threw some wrinkles at Ohio State, and they played hard. But if you're a Buckeye fan, you, you walk away from today probably saying two things. One, kind of expected to blow out Rutgers. It happens regularly, and this team is, is obviously on a roll. And two, what's going on that, like, all of a sudden, there's some guys that are just not quite 100% and occasionally not available. You don't want to, like, let that black cloud hang over a win, but today it was Travion Henderson that wasn't wasn't able to play. You know, Julian Fleming has battled injuries. We haven't seen much of Jackson Smith and Jigba all year. Obviously, the secondary is a bit banged up. Lost another yeah. guy tonight in Tanner McAllister. It's just like, it, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we can, like, pinpoint it or, you know, really want to speculate on why, you know, maybe those, those injuries are piling up. But, yeah, I mean, it really does seem like, you know, there's maybe two or three guys each week that you maybe didn't expect to be out or just, you know, have a bigger role that maybe, you know, got injured in, in a game or those kind of things. And, yeah, I mean, it could just be maybe they're going a little too hard in practice. But, I mean, it is, it's kind of the game of football. It's not like, you know, you're going out there and not touching each other and then, you know, think that you're going to be okay for, a, you know, possibly 15-game season. Like, that's going to happen. So I think that, you know, just them taking that, like Ryan Day said, an abundance of caution with those things. Like Tanner McAllister, we don't know the extent of his injury, but, I mean, if he, if he was okay to go back in that game, you know, and, and they needed him, maybe he would have, you know. So, you know, we see these guys come out and we don't find out. It's, it's really difficult, too, with the – the fact that we don't find out what what injuries are or anything like that because they don't tell us. So, yeah, it's just really, you know, I think it, it, it's a matter of them being smart with those injuries, but at the same time realizing that it's a long season and, and you really just have to be that way. So today Tanner McAllister gets hurt and Tyleek William, uh, Williams gets hurt. Both guys came out of the medical tent. They never even went to the locker room. Mm -hmm. I don't know that necessarily they were – injured to the point where they couldn't play again both were walking around on the sideline and appeared if you want to say it that way appeared to generally be okay um but out of abundance of caution they don't they don't go back in you know ohio state's depth is going to be tested this year and and i thought you know a, a good storyline from today is when you're starting running back who's you know look travion's got crazy high potential and we've seen in his 270 yard game no one will ever forget the way he ran last year against tulsa travion's been a little fragile is that fair to say i mean he's been dealing with some nagging little things here and there toward the end of his freshman year last year he he wasn't 100 mm -hmm. he hasn't been 100 percent this year and i think the fact there is some depth in that room is helping i'm not trying to knock henderson for it he's an elite talent but he hasn't been able to be at his peak and for a lot of teams that would be detrimental well i'd say that i think that that's the thing you know the fact that if he is out or if they don't want to give him as much of a workload they can say okay well we're going to give it to mine and mine's going to bulldoze and i think that we kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago but travion didn't have a, a senior year of high school right so you know there there's still just that that you know, I know he ran into it toward the end of last year and just, you know, the the amount of games that were being played and having that time off and that kind of wears you down. But, yeah, I mean, I think this game honestly kind of reminded me of that Tulsa game, you know, not not just because, you know, mine had five touchdowns and Travion had the 272 yards or whatever it was, but just in kind of the the reliance on them. And I think that just you can kind of see how they complement each other, too. So it's like, you know, Travion's going to be that that big hitter. 
And I know that, you know, that Mayan can be that, but more, more than likely, we're just going to see him bowl over people. So, yeah, I mean, I think they, they complement each other in a way that's like, you know, when, when one of them's injured or they just kind of need a breather or whatever, you know, that's great. But at the same time, they complement each other playing style as well. Uh, Mayan certainly bowled somebody over in that second touchdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, uh, that was pretty fun to watch. Um, you know, look, I, I, I think there's a lot of reason to feel good about the way these first five games went. I, I feel compelled to address this. It, and, and I should preface it by saying this has nothing to do with the team. This is not coming from within the confines of the team. This has nothing to do with uh, a lack of attention to detail as they prep. I, I am sensing a almost an apathy from fans as they watch the beginning of this season because the expectations are so high and and for good reason right we've seen the ability for people to think like it's national championship Mm -hmm. or bust i i think it was disappointing tonight that i know they announced a crowd of 104,000, and coach day definitely said the right things at the podium he thanked everybody for five straight home games it is a ton of work Mm -hmm. to get ready to to host events and I thought that was a, a nice thing for him to do. There were not 104,000 people here today. I don't know that there were 90,000 people here today. And I recognize that the third quarter, the game was over. Mm-hmm. But there was like a mass exodus of people with two minutes left in the third quarter. Like, come on, man. What are we doing? Yeah, I, I saw some people said that it, it wasn't homecoming. It was home leaving, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. But, yeah, I mean, on one hand, it is five straight home games. This is kind of the you know, the game that you expected them to blow them out. So I understand why fans don't want to come. You know, it's it's much better to sometimes just sit in the comfort of your home and watch TV and watch, you know. It's a beautiful fall and, day. The, yeah. There was no threat of rain today. You're watching your team put a whooping on somebody. Like, and, 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 and again, like I'm not trying to be adversarial yeah. with you, but there probably aren't that many people that were here today that were also at each of the four prior games. So I just... I just wonder why there is this general like, oh, we expect to win and we'll pay attention in mid to late October if things get going or when when the Michigan game happens. Like, we're, you're missing the fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there, there are plenty of fans. Obviously, the 95,000 that were actually here, you know, are are obviously, you know, cheering on the team and paying sure. attention and those kind of things. So I don't want to make it seem like we're maybe knocking the fan base or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean – I think it's just kind of one of those things we talked about, just the roller coaster of the schedule. You know, you open with Notre Dame, then you have two lesser games, then you have Wisconsin, then you have a lesser game. And it's like, I understand if I'm going to spend my money, you know, I'm going to want to spend it on those 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 bigger games. And then, you know, games that there's at least that chance that maybe, maybe not that they lose, but you know that you're going to actually get your money's worth. So, you know, if everybody expects it to just be a blowout like that, you know, I I don't necessarily blame them for, for not wanting to spend the money on it. I, I get it. Um and again, look, I, I realize everybody's in different circumstances. I, I guess I just approach it from the perspective that I I have often rooted for teams in my life outside of Ohio State that really haven't won very much, okay? Um, and certainly have rooted for teams that you know it's a long road ahead. Mm-hmm. But you lock in because it's your team. And the idea that I'm going to stick with this team and I'm going to be there for every single moment, not just, oh, maybe I'll check in toward the end of the year if they're playing a good team or, or yeah. if they get hot. This team is so talented. This is not normal, guys. What we're watching Ohio State mm-hmm. do every week doesn't happen 
at a lot of places. And I, I guess I'm, I'm just trying to speak to this, to the section of fans that aren't appreciating how unbelievable this team is because you're missing out. And, and I hope that the fact that team's going to go on the road and play Michigan state next week, I know the Spartans aren't great. Um, they should be a better team than what we saw today. You know, Wisconsin, traditionally a great team. They got house today at Illinois. Maybe part of this is, frankly, the Big Ten hasn't looked very good. Yeah. It's, been a, it's been a bad year for Big Ten football right now. Penn State's been okay. Michigan has been fine. They've, they've, you know, they haven't played a very hard schedule, but they've, they've been fine. The rest of the Big Ten's been underwhelming. So maybe, maybe we just need to get to some of these bigger games, man. But I, I, I'm just a little frustrated yeah. by some of the things I'm hearing and seeing. Maybe, maybe we should make you uh, uh, have Kevin Warren's job and just, you know, <laughs> kick Rutgers, you know, um, Maryland, Northwestern, kick them out of the Big Ten, bring in some, you know, make, make every single week a, a, a big game, if you will. It, it, it's more fun when you're more invested in the oh, team. Absolutely. That's for sure. And so. I mean, I, I think ultimately, like, it just com comes down to the fact that, you know, maybe it was, I mean, this was only the third time in school history that, that well, at least since Ohio Stadium opened 100 years ago, that they had five straight home games in any season. So, yeah, I think it just kind of is one of those things that we knew what to expect. Fans knew what to expect. Um, you know, just a kind of, kind of just a lull, if you will, at that point. So, you know, obviously with them going on the road at, at Michigan State and having the off week and then coming back and, you know, it's going to be a scarlet out for Iowa. So I think people are going to get excited for that. And then, you know, then you really seem to hit, you know, Penn State. It's going to be down a little bit because you got at Northwestern. But then, you know, just finish out strong with Michigan and stuff. And I, I just think that, yeah, it's like the, kind of like that roller coaster that I mentioned. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, and part of me wonders if, if you know, as, as a group that covers Ohio State, and, and I, I don't want to put words in anybody else's mouth, but certainly from our perspective – the expectations are through the roof. Mm -hmm. I mean, this team is capable of winning a national championship, period. Watch watch college football and, and watch the Buckeyes. You know they are absolutely, without question, one of the elite teams in the country. And you know what can happen because we've seen some frustrating losses along the way. So you, 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 you got to stay locked in with what's going on. I guess I just... I, I get frustrated when I hear things from fans or when I see people that are just totally checked out. So if you are following Ohio State this year very closely, I, I hope you're enjoying the ride because I just can't emphasize enough. What we are watching with this team is outrageously fun. They are unbelievably talented. You can pick up any superlative you want. This team has what it takes to do it. Um, you don't need to have a perfect game every time you play, but they've got the answers. I do wonder, though, if, if – and I, I want to make sure I put this the right way, but I think that just 
you know, as, as somebody who even grew up an Ohio State fan, went to Ohio State, you know, obviously I'm in the media, so I got to be, you know, uh, impartial and all that at this point. But, you know, I think it's it's one of those things that you just kind of come to expect Ohio State to be great and you kind of forget about there's been times where there's been struggles. I mean, yeah. 2011, it may seem, you know, it's it's been 11 years already, which is crazy. But, I mean, that season, they, they couldn't even score a touchdown on Miami. And if you couldn't score a touchdown on Miami today, you'd be like, what in the world is going on? And I think that it's just easy when you get those expectations to maybe not enjoy it as much as you should just along the way. And I think that that may, may be part of it. And then it's just the, you know, I feel like everybody kind of says, well, it, it doesn't matter until Michigan. Like they, everybody just expect them, expects them to be 11 and 0 going into that. And that's the game that matters. So, you know, I, I, I see it from all different angles. I, I and, and I don't want to play ignorant here either because I, I hear that I get that angle. And the reality is, if this team loses before Michigan, something cataclysmic happened. Mm. Like completely and totally bananas for this team to and that includes Penn State. Penn State's good. They're yeah. not even close to being on Ohio State's playing field. Um, so I, I understand that mentality. I also think part of it is the problem with college football right now. And I don't want to go on a whole saga about all of this, but you know. There's a reason why the best players in the country choose to go to three schools. There's a reason why Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State have the vast majority of the five-star talent that comes out of high school. Um, and you can go look it up. It, it is overwhelming how many of those players pick one of those three programs. I'm hopeful that the expansion of the college football playoff bracket is going to help even some of that out. I'm glad Ohio State is winning. I want them to keep winning. I just want people to appreciate the journey because this team isn't taking it lightly. You know, they they got ready for Rutgers this week and and it was like, hey, let's go try to play the best yeah. game we've ever played. Ryan Day said that at skull session today. Well, I do think that, you know, I, I kind of see it the opposite way when it comes to expansion because at that point, basically a, a two-loss Ohio State team is going to make it to the playoffs. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be as much importance placed on the on the regular season and I, I mean I do think that maybe that might help you know the 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 talent be spread out a little bit more but I don't think it's going to change that much in terms of just you know one Ohio State's always going to be Ohio State two they're going to be able to afford to have two losses every single year and you know I think really just the the fan apathy might even get worse at that point well we'll see I uh, I'm hopeful that more teams being in the playoff will open more doors for some of those players to choose to go to different schools. And we can talk about that uh, another time. Um, let's focus back on the defensive side of the ball here for a moment because it's it's a team worth watching. The defense played really, really well again today with the exception of the touchdown they gave up literally from the get-go, mm -hmm. right, on, on the fumbled punt and handed Rutgers the ball at, at what, the 15-ish yard line. Um, other than that, they gave up a field goal all day. Mm -hmm. um, another great performance. We we saw a key fumble recovery. We saw a great interception. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so many people are sitting there saying, "Hey, look, this team. You know, the offense has never been part of the of the equation here. Yeah. It's it's how far can the defense take you? And time and time again, now through the first five weeks of the season, the defense is showing you they're they're living up to the challenge. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's been great that we've seen the turnovers start to flow too. You know, it, it kind of starts up front with the pressure and the, the defensive line's able to get. And, you know, obviously Zach Harrison had his his hand in the face of, of the quarterback when he, when he threw the interception. So, you know, it's just kind of, it starts with them. And, 
you know, for them to be able to have just the impact that they're having for Ohio State's, you know, as, as, a, as a whole, you know, we kind of talked about this last week that the offense, you know, the offense itself is great. Like they don't have to necessarily worry about what the defense is doing. But then when the defense adds to that, you know, they get a turnover, they get a stop, they, you know, are able to get the field position set up for them like that. that they just feed off of that. And that, that really only makes the, the offense even better. I feel like um, Kate Stover's day today was was underrated. You know, he, he made a number of really, really good plays that just aren't going to show up in a stat sheet. I love talking about Kate Stover because he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, you know, I, I thought he had a good day, but he didn't have, you know, the eye-popping day that we saw last week or certainly two weeks ago. Um, you know, I thought he played fine. I thought Mitch Rossi had a, a pretty good game. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka played pretty well. I thought CJ's interception kind of got held up in the wind a little bit. And actually, I was hopeful I, I was going to be able to ask Ryan Day. Uh, and we just unfortunately ran out of time. There's a lot of questions. Um, you know, I, I thought the wind played a significant impact in the game. Uh, I think that was sole-handedly the reason why the, the, the yeah, punt was fumbled, catch, yeah. right? I mean, the, 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 wind was, the wind was swirling and blowing so hard that the flag pole, not just the flag, the pole was leaning. You have to remember um, the pole itself is like it's not just like your backyard flagpole. No. That thing is literally. I mean, it's got to be a hundred yeah. feet tall, right? Well, it, it's quite round too. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not like it's just swinging because it's a light wind. It was the 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 pennant flags around the top of the stadium were ripping in mm -hmm. the wind. So I have to think that it was. Uh, I mean, while it was certainly felt that up high, I I have to think that that played. Uh, an impact when uh, when you're on the field. Um, but, you know, I thought CJ made mostly good throws and mostly mm -hmm. good decisions. It's probably his second straight week of, hey, we won. Mm -hmm. So whatever, we won. Yeah. You know, I, I made one mistake. I threw an interception, but we won. Um, and, and that's okay. You're allowed to have that. Yeah, and he's kind of, you know, he, he basically came up here and said that today. It was just, you know, a matter of, you know, he's not necessarily concerned about putting up all kinds of numbers anymore. It's just, you know, he knows how good he is. He knows his worth to this team. And, you know, as long as they keep winning, then at the end of the day, then he's doing his job and doing what he's supposed to do. I do think that, you know, there was one thing that kind of stood out to me, too, and it's just the kind of the awareness of where everybody is at on the field. I know there was a couple penalties today where, you know, there, there was a, a catch. Marvin Harrison had it in the back of the end zone. But he had stepped out of bounds and came back in and then caught it. And I think that there, there was another one as well. And I think that those are just things that, you know, you, it, I don't want to say that they maybe weren't as, as focused today. But I think that just, you know, we kind of talk about the opponent and just knowing that you're that much better than them. Maybe you're not as, you know, as precise in things. All right. So I think those are, uh, those are the most obvious thoughts. Anything that we missed? Uh, I, I did see Greg Madison here today, which I thought was very really? interesting. Yeah, I did that, not catch that. that. Ohio State's former defensive coordinator was here, and he was sitting in the front row behind the bench. And you know, so you got two <laughs> former defensive coordinators Give him a megaphone with, with Shiano too. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. How, that, how can we forget to talk about that? I, I yeah. mentioned it earlier, and then I went on my soliloquy. Uh, I think it's fair to point out that Jesse Murko ran on his own accord. That was not a designed fake punt with the Buckeyes up 39 in the middle of the fourth quarter. But if you're Rutgers, why would you run that 
play. I mean, they put four guys together, overloaded a blitz. Yeah. Jesse rolls to his right. What's he supposed to do? It, even if it's it like wasn't, forty yards or nothing in front of him, right? And even it, even though it wasn't called, which I was kind of disappointed because if you even go back to the COVID year, I think Rutgers ran like three. Yes, they did three trick plays, including throwing to a, a eligible tackle. You know, so I thought maybe Ryan Day had that up his sleeve, and I. You know, I heard somebody say that when Rutgers rushed that, you know, there were some players on the sidelines that were kind of like, hey, run, run, run. And, yeah. you know, so I don't think that Jesse was expecting to get hit as hard as he did. But you got to remember that he's a former Australian rules football player. And you can actually read a story about it on our website that I wrote the other day that he talked about just kind of the the game itself and how it's a little bit mixed between soccer and rugby. So hopefully it was a, a little bit. Kid. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he got up, it was a definitely a little bit more uh, uh, rugby than soccer. Cause if not, <laughs> they would have literally put him on a cart and pulled him uh, out of here. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So no, the, uh, the fireworks there at the end with, with coach day and coach Chiano getting into it uh, made for good TV. I would imagine, you know, I, I haven't even seen it on TV. I, I saw half of a replay, but um it sure looked heated, and I know a lot of people were talking about it, but they had a longer than normal exchange at midfield post game that I think kind of tempered yeah. things a bit. I'd say when I saw it, I, Ryan Day was, whew, he was hot. hot. Like one, I don't understand why Ryan or why Greg Schiano was on the other side of the field. Like I understand, you know, coming and getting your player and telling him to get out of there and those kind of things, but then, you know, these these dudes had fingers in each other's faces and it, it was like it was a little bit much so after the game you know of course i'm like hoping there's a little bit of some words that were exchanged so i'm standing in the end zone and i'm like measuring it up i'm like i got 68 yards to go and the the, the, the coach has got 58 to get out there i've booked it but yeah i mean cooler heads prevailed and you know they obviously you know had had some words that like good words, cordial words, you know, just kind of explaining the situation and those kind of things. And I think it's just one of those things in the heat of the moment, you're really mad. You know, we've all been there. And then afterwards you're kind of like, wait, I probably shouldn't have acted that way, but at least, you know, it wasn't nothing, nothing happened that you can't come back from. And that's sure. all that matters. And, and Ryan said afterward that, you know, he, he, he held no ill will toward Greg. He was just protecting his player and they, you know, said their I'm sorry's at midfield and it moved on. So, uh, Thankfully, it didn't get out of hand. But for a hot moment there, everybody was kind of like, "Whoa, yeah, that's uh, that's gonna get yeah. out of hand." So. I'd say, in, I'd say, in a, in a game like that, when it was kind of just you know, the, just kind of a, a you know, a steady game where everything went as expected, it was a little bit of excitement to have that happen for sure. Ohio State forty nine, Rutgers ten. The final score today from Ohio Stadium. The Buckeyes have one more game um, before the bye, right? Yeah, the fifteenth yep. is the bye. That means they're. Oh, uh, just one more before that. They're uh, in East Lansing to play the Michigan State Spartans next Saturday. Looking forward to being on the road to see what the Buckeyes can do in a hostile environment for the first time this year. Of course, we'll have it covered for you here on Buckeyes Now. But in the meantime, we've got lots of coverage planned for you this week. So head to BuckeyesNow.com. You can find us on our social media channels at BuckeyesNow underscore FN. We're part of the Fan Nation uh, Network with Sports Illustrated Media Group covering this uh, this incredible football team here in Columbus. So hope you'll follow us there. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you watch this live, we did see a couple of comments on the side. Thanks for contributing those. Uh, and, and if you are listening after the fact, that's fine too. You can listen uh, on demand or wherever you like your favorite podcasts. So hope to see you again uh, as we get ready for Ohio State and Michigan State this week. Big thanks to Eddie Murata, our producer, for Andrew Lind. I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll see you soon. Ohio State 49, Rutgers 10. Thanks for following our instant analysis here.